Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, from the borough of Queens, in the city of New York, this is the Epic Piecast with your hosts, Nelson Lugo and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from the beautiful and spacious uh, Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens. This is the Epic Piecast, episode 49. I am your host, Nelson Lugo. And I am your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Hooray! We're back! dun da da dun da So, <clears throat> yeah, loyal hey. listener, what's loyal new? listener? What's what's good morning, Mister and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea? What's new, man? <laughs> Any? What? Anything happened since we were last here? So, uh, just for some clarification, um, Schaefer and I are recording early this month due to some scheduling conflicts uh, for both of us, and so this was the only time we could record. And uh, Schaefer thought it best that we do it after election night because it wouldn't make sense to have a podcast in the month of November where we didn't actually have an opinion or a point of view about uh, the election. I kind of regret that decision now. <laughs> we could have preserved yes, a false yeah. sense of hope I know. and joy yeah. uh, for the ages for the month of November 2016. Yeah. But no, we waited until after, and here we are. Here we are. All of us. We're all here together. <laughs> we're all in this together. Uh, so... As you could probably tell, Schaefer and I are uh, disappointed in the outcome, and um, we never get political on this podcast, ever. We never talk politics, uh, unless it's some sort of snide, snarky jab at some dumb thing that everybody's snidely snarking at. Or unless we're referencing some villainous politician who exists in a science fiction movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> who's the antagonist of the film. Exactly. Uh, and so... Yeah, I, uh, 
So uh, uh, Donald Trump is now the president-elect of the United States. Uh, Hillary Clinton uh, conceded the the race this morning in a very beautiful and eloquent and just heart-wrenching consolation speech. And even her speech was just filled with such uh, warmth and hope. Uh, yeah. We are recording yeah. on November 9th. The, November 9th. The day after. The day after. Yeah. And I'm also not only feeling incredibly defeated because America shit its pants last night, but <laughs> I stayed up until 3.30 a.m. and watched. Oh, my God. You did not. I did. I stayed up and I watched that fucking victory speech. <sighs> I didn't. I haven't. I haven't watched his speech yet. Um, oh, man. Uh, and I actually went to bed early. I went to bed around 11 because I just couldn't take it anymore. My stomach was in knots. And I figured, you know what? Because um, when I went to bed, she had 190 electoral votes and he had 171. And I'm like, okay, this can still happen. This can still be a thing. And I thought, you know what? I'm not even going to... I'm too nervous. I'm too anxious. I'm just going to go to bed and I'll wake up in a better America. Oh, so you got to kind of do that thing where when you're a kid and it snows overnight, and <laughs> but it doesn't snow when you go to sleep. And so yeah. you're like, oh, it's supposed to snow. I wonder what happens. Yeah. You wake up in the morning and you open up the curtains and there's just snow drifts everywhere. There's yeah. three feet of yeah. fresh, yeah. un. Yeah. Snow day! Crisp, and you're, oh, it's so exciting. Yeah. So it was like that, except you woke up and pulled back the curtains to discover that America had shit its pants. <laughs> <laughs> what a rude awakening you had today, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I actually was woken up by frantic texts from uh, friends who also wake up uh, pretty damn early in the morning and uh, just were aghast. Yeah. Just aghast. Um. So, yeah. Were they aghast because Donald J. Trump just became elected the 45th president of the United States of America? Yeah. It, Wait, it, is you it, feel is it, it when you say all of those words Is it together. 45th or 49th? 45th. It's 45th. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, look, I mean, this is, I, I don't want this to turn into a Trump bashing segment because I think, I think we're all tired. I think this has been a long, exhausting grueling election cycle. And I think we're all just fucking tired of hearing of it. And I think a lot of people are just glad it's over, you know? Um, but I can't help, but mask my feelings about this. And I'm just, you know, and I think uh, you and I were saying this earlier today. And I said some of the, some of these sentiments uh, a while ago online in that this is the first time in my life where I've a been old enough to vote B voted and C, am absolutely terrified at the possibility of what this administration represents. Wait, I don't understand the first two details on that list. The first, like, <clears throat> that you've been old enough to vote. Yeah. Uh, have you voted in every election since you've been 18? Every presidential election? Not all of them, but a, a good, a, a majority of them. Okay. All right. The, you can cut out the first two details. Of thing. Well, be that as it may. All right. Be this is the first time that you are experiencing fear. Yes. In, in a political process. I have never experienced fear in a, in a political process. And maybe that's, maybe that's a privilege that I've enjoyed all these years. Um, and I'm, I'm completely acknowledging that. But I, I mean, I, we went through, what, two terms with Bush Jr.? Yeah. 
and I was never afraid. It I, was it was like you said earlier that, yeah. that when he was elected, it wasn't frightening. No, he did some terrifying things, and he did leave a pretty terrifying legacy yeah. behind, and a lot of dead people. But nothing. But but n- none of the. But upon election, it was yeah. it was almost quaint. It was disappointing that the that the election dragged on as long as it did. Yeah. And the recounts and that Florida yeah. handed it to him. That all of that was disappointing. It was I was disappointed myself because I cast an idealistic vote for Nader, but <laughs> I live in California. So it didn't really matter because it was going to go. That was in Gore's pocket. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't frightening. It was almost quaint because right. Here was this guy who was utterly inept at speaking on the campaign trail. Right. Terrible in debates. Sure. He was, he was like howdy doody. It, he, you wanted yeah. to pat him on his little, <laughs> on his little red state head, but you, you didn't, you never, he didn't seem dangerous. No, 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 no. I, I mean, we learned. Oh yeah. No, we learned. I mean, after the fact, we realized that he did a lot of really horrible things, but even the things that he did that were horrible and I'm putting aside the countless deaths, a, a lot of the administration that, he left in his wake isn't irreparable. You know, if you were a character in a thriller horror novel, yeah, on page one, he would be very likable. The guy next yeah. door, he, he's not, he's not a threat. You have yeah. to discover that later on. Yeah. This new book that we just got yesterday Ooh. when America shit its pants, oh my God. <laughs> it just starts from go. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Schaefer and I are not Trump fans. Um, obviously, um, if you voted for Trump, then great, you exercised your right, and I, I hope against all hope that you are right, and and I hope that I am completely wrong, uh, because quite frankly, uh, I'm imagining the worst, and I've been given no evidence to assuage my fears. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't have. Uh... It's so hard because it's so fresh, and we're so disappointed and so defeated. And yeah. Kind of blindsided. I mean. Yeah. Because, 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 uh, because again, we were talking about this off mic. Uh, I, I've, I've been addicted to this one site called predictwise.com, which is headed up by this really sort of uh, math politician analytics algorithm guy. And he has these charts that uh, pull data from every polling uh, database he could possibly muster. And then using all kinds of mathematics, basically predicted that Clinton was 93%, it had 93% odds of winning the election. Mm-hmm. 93%. Which meant Donald Trump, according to the, to this site, said had a 7% chance of winning. You know, I, for the past week, I have been compulsively refreshing 538, a statistical website that tracks mm-hmm. sporting events, political races, etc., sure, that sure. has a... a very strong record for predicting the outcomes of things. Right. Uh, I've been refreshing that obsessively and have gotten myself comforted even four days before or however many days before when the, the, the week before when, yeah. when the James Comey FBI 11th hour Hail Mary. <laughs> oh shit. Emails, emails, emails thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, even beyond all of that, I was like, this is, it's in the can. Every, every political pundit on every news thing was saying it was in the bag for Clinton yeah. and all of these these projections and the, the speculation about where the votes were going to come from. It was all, it all looked to be secured and yeah. that this, uh, that this man, Donald Trump had just burned his chances and his uh, campaign to the ground by himself. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like a no brainer. So Except, I, and here's the thing, like 
everyone expected, including myself, that um, any Republican who could vote would um, for Trump. Any um, any any uh, bigot or racist that could vote for Trump probably did. You know, um, any uh, sort of xenophobe or homophobe who could vote probably voted for Trump. And all of that, I expected. I expected all of that. Mm-hmm. What I didn't expect and what I was woefully underprepared for and completely blindsided by was the, uh, uh, and I, I don't want to, a lot of pundits are using this phrase and I, I think it's actually insulting, but there are a lot of people out there who don't have a college education for whatever reason, who have been ignored for a very long time and came out and voted. Now, some of those people, I'm sure, are wonderful working blue-collar families who want nothing but for the best for their family in this country. But I completely underestimated those votes. I feel on my social media today, I saw a great deal of people who were sad, defeated, scared, various passionate and emotional yeah, states. and rightfully so. Rightfully so. And already a great deal of, of scapegoat, of yeah. naming the blame, yeah. of, well, this is, this is your fault. You saw people blaming third-party voters. Right. Uh, you saw people who... Blaming the DNC. Be, blaming the DNC. Uh, blaming Hillary for being corrupt. Blaming... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> blaming uh, Bernie for backing out. Like, blaming uh, these dumb rednecks for voting wrong. Right, 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 right. Um, just a, a tremendous amount of blame, and, and I, I don't think that's fair. And I also don't think it's fair to paint the entire electorate that, that put him in office with the same brush that says that they're all just a bunch of racist, sexist, no. Islamophobic bigots. I do not agree. With, yeah, I no, absolutely I think that there that. is a large number of them in that support base. Oh, oh absolutely. But I don't think they all are. I think no. in, in a lot of places, you have poor white people uh, in... In impoverished areas mm-hmm. where they've they've lost industry mm-hmm. and they don't have jobs, and they can't afford their health care, and it just seems like there's no opportunity from for them. Mm-hmm. And so, they if there's overlooked. no opportunity for you for, for for eight years, it's very easy to blame the guy in chief. It's even easier if you do have some pre-existing racial bias, but that's sure. beside the fact. All of a sudden, <laughs> some flashy talking guy from the TV comes out, and he doesn't—he's not a career politician—and he talks about corruption in politicians, and he says the things that a lot of these frustrated poor whites are thinking, mm-hmm. and they were moved by that. It, yeah. it, spoke, it to spoke to them. To them yeah. It touched a nerve with them, and. I, for better or worse, and clearly for worse, it motivated a lot of these people to go out and exercise their constitutional right to vote. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no point in looking for a scapegoat in all of this. And there's no, no. point being one of those Bernie supporters who's now like satisfied, like with a sense of satisfaction standing back saying, oh, I told you so. There's, yeah. there's nothing to benefit from no, that except to continue to tear one another to shreds, yeah. which we've already done. Yeah. And I just found that all very sad. I feel like there yeah, is a reason too. why why he was he was elected because oh, absolutely. he connected to a demographic. He connected to an audience. Absolutely. In a I way. mean and that's how the system is supposed to work. Uh I mean Clinton clearly won the popular vote. But since we don't elect officials via the popular vote, we have an electoral college. Much like former President Al Gore. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
there's an elect there's an electoral college and every county determined the state and therefore so on and so forth. And you know what? It's a decisive win for Trump. It really is. And and this is the kind of information that that future politicians need. They can't ignore a a a section of the American populace because it's convenient. Yeah. You know, there is an underserved population of people that need resources just as much as everybody else does. And, you know, Trump accidentally fucking tripped and fell into it and then realized what what had happened and milked that for all it's worth. And say what you will, it worked, and now he is the president-elect of the United States. He rode that all the way to his spot on the throne (laughs) as the king of America. (laughs) Not president, king. That's what he wanted. Yeah. So, so mostly I don't feel, I don't know. I'm not upset with the people who voted. I'm glad they voted. I'm yeah. glad that people voted. I'm glad that people voted. I'm glad that the, in, in a way, I'm almost kind of the glad. The system works. That it didn't work in our favor, but the system works. I'm almost glad that we are being spared weeks of crazed rhetoric from him yeah. saying that yeah. it's rigged. it was rigged which, a recount which people lawsuits who, which people in the Bernie camp and even people in the Hillary camp and liberals also tend to subscribe to that kind of notion and I'm glad that we're not having that fight right now Yeah, but that is a small consolation to take but for all of the scapegoating that I feel is unfair I'm mostly just sad and I feel defeated but there is one part of the whole thing there is one element of this whole story that's got me angry. For more on this, we now turn to a segment we like to call What's Got Schaefer Angry? What's Got Schaefer Angry? Conspiracy theorists. Ah, those intrepid pursuers of truth once associated with such classic punchlines as alien autopsy, fact or fiction, have grown exponentially in number and volume throughout our social media feeds. Now, taking what our government and news networks tell us with a healthy dollop of skepticism is a cornerstone of the American experience. But the modern-day conspiracy theorists, from the 9-11 truthers to the Obama birthers, are prone to taking that skepticism to cartoonish heights. He or she is as quick to distrust any element of an official story as they are to wholesale accept or straight-up manufacture the most salacious and ludicrous alternative version. Hell, even I'm known to occasionally cry foul at the stories we're sold. I believe that the government is hiding something from us about Area 51, but I don't believe 9-11 was an inside job. I believe that more than one gunman shot JFK, but I wholeheartedly reject the nonsense that the Sandy Hook school massacre was a false flag operation orchestrated to enact stricter gun control. The thing I find most frustrating about the tinfoil hats is the condescension they wield against the rest of us brainwashed robots. Oozing their smug sense of intellectual superiority, the conspiracy theorist loves to chide liberals and conservatives alike for getting their information from bias-supporting news outlets like MSNBC and Fox News. But they will revere any crazed banana cake with iMovie and a YouTube account like they're Walter fucking Cronkite. And pointing out the irony in a conspiracy theorist rhetoric is always an exercise in futility that just opens more doors. Arguing as one of these noble truth warriors must be like playing Super Mario 3 with unlimited warp whistles. There's always a way out. 
A recent fight I had on Facebook went something like this. Mainstream media outlets are in the pockets of the DNC. That's why they aren't talking about Clinton's emails. Well, I thought they weren't talking about him because she'd already been cleared of all wrongdoing by the FBI. Sucker, read this. The FBI has reopened their case against her. But that link is from CNN. Ah, questioning the source instead of the content like a true plebe. You must have been vaccinated with fluoride. Now I'm in giant land. Fuck you. I used to find these folks amusing. Cute even. But after seeing the impact of non-fact-checked memes and articles by anti-establishment anarchists free from the confines of any sort of journalistic standards upon a population of frightened and distrustful voters, I now find them dangerous and infuriating. Their narcissism feeds on fear and is rewarded with influence upon the same pedestrians they hold in such low regard. I would love to see them employ just a smidgen of tact as they disseminate their fairy tales, but that would be as impossible as faking the moon landing. At the very least, I would love to see the cognitive dissonance on their punchable faces as they watch their white-haired god from the Church of WikiLeaks stand trial for his rape charges. But whoa, 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 they would surely just dismiss that, too, as a conspiracy to distract from the truth, man. Wake up, sheeple. Those chemtrails in the sky above you are nothing more than crystallized water vapor. And you are a fucking asshole. And that's why I'm angry. That's why Schaefer's angry. You know, I think I can safely say, at least for myself, if I ever hear someone use the words wake up America or sheeple, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I've completely written them off as having any kind of valid opinion on anything. Those are, yeah, those are kind of deal breakers that indicate that it is time to check out of the conversation. Right. right. I, 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 not only do I stop caring, but my opinion of that person becomes persona non grata. I, yeah. I literally give two fucks about A, what you're saying, and about you as a person. Anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I know there's, there are people that are, they're trying to remain positive in this life. Yeah. And they're saying things yeah. like, what we have to do now is not, not tear each other down. We need to heal and then we need to get to work. And we need to to, yeah. To, yeah. to do something. I don't know what that means. For me, I'm not going to right. Right, right, right. organize a protest. I'm not going to join a protest. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that either. But I think, I think that what that means for me is that prior to this election, I cared very little about politics. Mm. You know? and, I got my, and I got essentially my information from credible news sources, you know, um, which is not Fox News, but like CNN or, or MSNBC or, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you giving me the mm-hmm for? From, you, you got your information from the system. Oh, dear. Wake up, America. Oh, fuck you. Sorry. Uh, uh, and, but now, now that I'm fucking terrified of this administration, I can't afford to not know what's going on i can't afford i i will not be able to sleep at night unless i actually know what's going on and what he's doing and why he's doing it and who the people are and who the people are involved and and why they're making the choices that they're making versus the argument against those choices and now i have i personally don't have a choice in the matter anymore i need to be informed about what's going on and i need to act where i can i'm not going to start a protest i'm not even going to join a protest but what i will do is, uh, you know, I, I can be part of like a grassroots campaign. I could be part of a phone bank. I could be part of things that, that require uh, 
time that I can actually invest in rather than me going out and like holding up a flag and standing in front of cops or something. Yeah, Cause I, that's not going to happen. Uh, I will definitely show my support for all of my friends who are going to be the most negatively affected by this. Yeah. Uh, women, people of women, color, sure. immigrants, Muslims, uh, queers, like those are the people that I am going to, Yeah, that I will lend my, I guess it's even even if it's symbolic social media support where I can. You know what? Every little bit helps. Seriously, every little bit helps because everybody's struggling now with something, and just a, a kind voice from out of the dark is is welcome. If anybody organizes any kind of fundraisers or anything or any kind of events or benefits, I'll definitely throw tons of tons <laughs> of merch at it or lend my services as yeah a yeah. If you rapper. are if you are yeah if you're organizing a fundraiser or some type of show, call me. I I will I will perform at it. I will volunteer and donate my time and talent to your cause. This is a part of it that, that really hurts is that like I am I represent the portion of the population that is going to be the least affected. <laughs> I am a white yes. cis straight yeah. male. Yeah. Uh, All you have to do is sit there and do nothing and you'll you're going to be fine. Well, this is what I'm saying is really like underscoring my privilege to me right yeah. now. Is that a small part of me as being a fan of like uh, horror and science fiction and superhero shit my whole life. Sure, sure. There's a small part of me that I'm like, well, the consolation prize is this is I'm actually kind of excited to see just how horrible this is going to be. <laughs> oh, God, Schaefer. Like, is it really going to be? No! Scrooge McDuck in a fucking kingpin costume running America? Is he really going to bomb the shit out of half of the world over a Twitter fight? Is he... Is oh my he, God. And what are his scandals going to look like? Oh my God, his scandals are going to be spectacular. Well, I mean, he's already... The pre-trial hearing for the alleged rape of a 13-year-old girl is in December. And the trial for his fraud case for his <laughs> shyster university is just in a couple of weeks. Uh, what happens when the president of the United States has to go to jail for fraud or rape? Well, I think that that would qualify for impeachment, but impeachment doesn't look so good because if, if this fucker gets oh, impeached, fucking Pence. we get Pence, a proud, shameless supporter of conversion therapy for LGBTQ yeah, folks. Yeah, if Trump... And this is my personal opinion. Uh, I consider Trump to be a human walking trash fire. Uh, Pence is, he's a horrible human being. I don't really know what, like, I don't know what's worse than a, than a human trash fire. He's, he's reprehensible. There, this is what I, I think of what their administration is going to be. I don't know. They haven't named any cabinet members yet, but this is what I think well, of I mean, at least the campaign uh -huh. that they have run. Um, do you remember Weird Science? Oh, yeah. Anthony Michael Hall movie. Yeah, yeah. John Hughes movie. Absolutely. Um, so these, these two nerds, they, they can't get a girl, so they just They, they make one out of a, from using computer parts and a bra. Yeah. Computer parts and a bra and, and, some a, and weird, a Barbie doll. And some chants and stuff. And, and basically, they, collect, they, they connect these two. These, they, they use they, the they, power they, of they the internet. They have this program, this like simulator program. <laughs> and there's these two like... Uh, electrodes that yeah. they then connect to a I, photo of like a of like a beautiful woman yeah. Kel kelly lebrock yeah, on the kelly cover Le of like yeah. sports illustrate or something and then she comes to life so what i have thought of this 
political crew and their campaign is that if you had had that technology that they had in Weird Science, but instead you took those two electrodes and instead of connecting them to a, a picture of like Kelly LeBrock, uh-huh. you attached them to the comment section on YouTube for the Ghostbusters trailer. <laughs> and they fucking came to life and now they're given the keys to the White House. Wow. Um, if you are a Hillary supporter and you'd like to voice your uh, displeasure, please at, show some respect and call her Secretary Clinton. I, I, I apologize. Yes, absolutely. If you uh, <laughs> are disappointed that Secretary Clinton did not get the electoral votes, then please email us at epicpiecast at gmail.com. That is epicpiecast at gmail.com. If you're a Trump supporter and you would like to state your case about why you think this is the best thing there is for America um, and not use words like illegal immigrants and uh, I don't know, uh, make your case at... (laughs) At epicpiecast at gmail.com. That's go suck a bucket of fuck at fucking fuck.com. I will say, you said it like at the beginning. What's that? that? God damn it. I was was definitely moved by her concession speech that she gave this morning. Yeah. You know, it, it was insult to injury because God damn it, did she look presidential. She did. Poise. Yeah. Grace. Yeah. Class. Still admitted that like, yo, it hurt. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, and it's not like, you know, Romney. Romney gave a good concession speech in, in 2012. Of course he did. Of course he did. it was still like he didn't admit that it hurt because he was still like kind of one of these Stepford robots with his like, whole family. <laughs> so she was like human and strong and inspiring. And that speech just really, goddamn, made me really further miss the clinton presidency that we're not gonna have yeah i was really excited yeah 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 um yeah i guess anyway i think that's it i, I mean we could talk about pop culture if you want but i i i don't i've you know for the past month i've just been fighting people on the internet and and refreshing 538 <laughs> and various other and watching the news I, I i haven't seen much of anything so uh yeah. All right. Well, the future is looking dark. <laughs> this is the darkest timeline. Oh. Um. Let's let's move. <laughs> Look, I don't. This, this kind of doom and gloom. I I want to move past this because we we actually have a fantastic interview. Uh. This this uh, month with a fantastic human being who's doing some real good work in the world. Uh, somebody who's going to improve the future. Yeah. 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 Uh, unlike some other people, I can mention. Me? I'm not going to do anything for the future. <laughs> You're not going to ruin it either. Uh, what do you say? You want to get to that interview? Yeah. Yeah. Unless there's something else you want to talk about. There is nothing else I want okay. to talk about. Yeah. I just wanted to express my sorrow and frustration and yeah. I just want to move forward. But yeah. I'm I'm done talking about the election for a while. Let's... You know what? We'll go see Doctor Strange later. Perfect. <laughs> Folks, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back in just a moment. Yo. Yo, Shafe, man. Yo, what up, Les? I, I don't know what it is with dudes these days, man. I don't either, man. A lot of them talk about being manly. Right. But they're not manly men. No. And they're far from it. Word. But you and me, we're perfect examples of manliness. Uh, yo, you know the real man, deal. They're calling they're your name. To, oh, oh, hold up. Peach tea and almond croissant? Yo, that's me over here, dog. Manly. That's what I am with our coaster, so I don't leave wet spots on tables or sofas. Most of dudes that go to the bathroom are just dirty rooms while I wash hands like I'm supposed to. Won't ya? Nope the. 
Different between a rose and white, but you won't, cause you have no smell of sight. Yo, it's close to what you're telling me with no sense of D. Need to have sliced apples with crackers and a bit of cheese. Tough guy, that's what people call me in my city. Keep my man cave tidy, got a purebred kitty. Spitting over wicked bangers, though I call them little ditties. When I take a break, I bump the biggest hits of Britney. Let the lavender oil diffuser tea lights. Got the calming properties, plus it smells real nice. Never leave the house unshaven or disheveled. I'm a big bad grown man, get on our level. Like you got a question, put a hand up. More or less a shape, forgot the answer. Send you some data on how to man up. Man up, man up, man up, man up. Like you got a question, put a hand up. More or less a shape, forgot the answer. Send you some data on how to man up. Man up, man up, man up, man up. Special kind of jerk has a Mars bar. Calls that dessert. What a farce. Watch that might just hurt. Feelings rather serve. What is raw, y'all? Peach cobbler works. Cream popped on his homemade or jerk. If you've seen me watching TV, you know I got a mic drop. The remote when the devil wears Prada is on. Like a sweet Celine Dion sing along. Want another movie suggestion? Pong, bring it on. Yoga. I'm trying to do more of it, but adult swim classes keep on interrupting. And my muscles lose peak function. So I get an RMT with smooth hands and the firmest function. Clutching cutlery, European style now. Knife in the right, fork in the left, tines down. Fucking eyebrows, Ow. I need a belt to bite down. Ain't afraid to cry, God. Yeah, I'll do it right now. Like you got a question, put a hand up. More or less a shape, forgot the answer. Send you some data on how to man up. Man up, man up, man up, man up. Nails don't get caught on threads. Rewind that to hear what I said. Yo, I hit the spa whole day. No way I won't get a mud wrapper steam bath boys get wide open. Put scrub with salt from the ocean. A nap is inevitable. Wake up to stones and jam with cement. Tea wanna think. Gee, what a prince. But heart disease is a problem. Writing in my diaries, a favorite pastime. Yo, throw parties for the Super Bowl halftime show. Though farm town boy never forged or hunted. Refuse a free drink I never ordered or wanted. Had another rough day. Emotionally frazzled Back to my cat's castle Bubble bath and candles Walk away from any rapper's challenges To battle with a that Hashtag masculinity So fragile Like you got a question Put a hand up More or less a shape Forgot the answer Send you some data On how to man up Man up Man up Man up, man up. Like you got a question Put a hand up More or less a shape Forgot the answer Send you some data On how to man up Man up That's what I'm talking about. That's what it's like to be manly. Yo, big shout outs to Samiko Garashi. We out. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest on the show this month is a neuroscientist whose research is in using technology to improve healthcare. Please welcome to the program, David Petrino. Welcome, David. Hello. You don't have to wave. There, <laughs> there isn't a studio audience. Uh, but uh, welcome. Welcome to the program. Fantastic. Uh, you, sir, uh, are the head of Petrino Labs. Is yep. that correct? Yep. Um, for, those, for those people who, do, for the one person out there who doesn't know what Petrino Labs is, uh, give, me, give me the elevator pitch. What there, exactly is Petrino Labs? What do you do there? I mean, it's a bit of a waste of time. We're extremely famous. so uh, I know. You know. I know. <laughs> it's your household name. Really. <laughs> so we, uh, we're based in a, a research institute called Burke Medical Research Institute. And um, our entire lab is all about trying to find ways that we can use technology to 
improve some aspect of healthcare. It, it, we, we have really wide-ranging projects. We use immersive virtual reality, things like the Oculus Rift. To oh, treat, really? To treat pain. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, we, we, we've come up with some really effective pain treatments for people with spinal cord injury using that technology, all the way out for, to using um, mobile applications for mental health, for uh, chronic lung disease management, um, and then... We do really fun stuff, like we're building robots and, you know, doing all that sort of crazy things. So Wait, you build robots? We're currently building a robot with... Are uh, these robots to fight? <laughs> they are not are fighting, fighting robots. fighting robots? They're not fighting robots, I promise. They're, <sighs> they're helping robots. You were cool for a split second there. <laughs> what are, wait, so what do you mean by helping robots? Like uh, like seeing eye dogs, but robots? Uh, yes, uh, robot. the current robot that we're working on is a robot that will help kids with cerebral palsy walk. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So the, this is sort of a benevolent Skynet then. Yeah, I mean, Just, hopefully. I, I want to make... <laughs> <laughs> So far until it becomes sentient. Yeah. Uh, I just want to make that, that clear so because I don't want Lugo to be disappointed that we're not talking about an army of killer robots here. I'm going, disappointed. Going I'm, a little, I'm a little disappointed, actually, because I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> so you are developing technologies that are treating not just uh, physical ailments, but are beneficial to mental health as well. That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. I am more familiar with robotic applications to various physical therapy. But could could you speak a bit to the ways that you're using uh, technology to treat mental health? Sure, yeah. Um, so it all started probably two years ago, actually, where um, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, I should say, um, who's uh, working at Cornell, he found his way to my office and he said, listen, I've, I, re- I heard that you do telemedicine research. You, you do this thing where you find clever ways to use technology to help people and i've got a problem i see a lot of patients um you know i've been working in suicide prevention for 20 years and a lot of my patients don't get the level of care that they need because their insurance won't pay for it so they get to see me once per month and these are people with major depressive disorder who are suicidal it's like that is just inadequate so even if they do come to me once a month all i'm ever doing is putting out fires i'm not actually seeing people um what I would love is an app that helps them to sort of remember what we cover in therapy, reinforce the strategies that I ask them to work on, and, you know, give them an emergency contact list if they're in crisis. Um, and it wasn't, you know, at that time, actually, it wasn't really what my lab does. You know, we were very physical, mm-hmm. physical rehab. But um, when he came to me and he sort of availed me of the scope of the problem of suicide... I couldn't really turn it down in good conscience. You know, we had to do something. It's like one of those things that you look at and you're like, "This, is, if these numbers are real, it's absurd. Right, and right. We, we can't go on. Um, so uh, we, we have developed an app um, and it's a little bit different from any other app that's out there right now in that we're calling it right now, we're calling it a prescribed app um, with the idea that if you are, you know, suicidal, you need you need professional help. You can't download an app and an app's going to help you. We're, we're not there yet. Um, mm-hmm. But but therapists who can help you should be using this as a tool. And so they can download the app and then they can prescribe it to you. Um, so, so that's kind of how we're moving with this. <laughs> Is that how you envision this app going forward? That it's going to be a, basically like a, th- a therapist would prescribe a medication and an app? Yeah, well, we're, that's what we hope will happen. Okay. I, I think 
uh, you know, there's, there's some literature that's that's coming out right now that's talking about the influence of social media and apps on mental health, uh-huh. and and the the conclusions that are being made in the reviews are basically, if you are someone who requires professional help, don't use an app because what what happens is you download the app, you use it for a couple of weeks, you realize it's only giving you generic responses. Mm-hmm. Um, or you've filled it with information that isn't necessarily accurate because you haven't consulted a professional, you've consulted yourself. That makes sense. You know, what, yeah, are, yeah. Your ma- what yeah. are your major problems? Oh, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, whole lots of bias in that yeah, one. Yeah, a little, little bit, yeah. Um, and then, so after a couple of weeks, you stop using the app because uh, it was only giving you generic responses or just bad advice. Um, so what we the way we're approaching this is the idea that it is through the idea that if if an app can significantly change your mood which many apps can including facebook twitter instagram whatever you like boy howdy can it (laughs) then if you're using it as a device to change your mood then perhaps you should also treat it like medicine which changes your mood you know like that's kind of how we're thinking about it um and that's how we want to sort of deploy this. We want to deploy it in a careful way um, where it's being used in a supervised manner. Um, and, and, you know, like just uh, we, want, we want to be really careful. It's a vulnerable population that we're working oh, with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't, you know, we're not in the game to make any money out of this thing. It's, it's more about giving people another tool in the fight. To, to sort of help what, people. What are the numbers? You talk about the, 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 the numbers being staggering. What are the numbers? Well, yeah. So, I mean, there's 40,000 people a year in the United States, at least, taking their own life. 40,000 um, a year? Yes. Wow. Um, every 30 seconds worldwide, there is one suicide. So this is a global phenomenon. Sure. Um, it's across all age groups. So, you know suicide just overtook um death from car accident in adult in the adolescent um sort really? of population wow uh we hear about 22 a day in the u.s military population sure. which is a staggering number uh 22 a day. 22 per day uh Jeez. 20 hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Four <clears throat> seniors per day are taking their life in, in the United States. And that number is meant is thought to be um, sort of uh, under underestimated by as much as four times because why uh, why four times? Well, 
they know that depression, uh, major depressive disorder, is is massive. Sure. And but unfortunately, it well, for whatever reason, in the senior population, when someone dies who's eighty eight, people often don't sure. Just, look too closely as to why that was the case and so oh, that makes sense yeah so experts in the field are saying that perhaps you know we say 24 definitely 24 a day yeah but it actually may be much much higher wowzers um just by a bunch of all uh, you know a bunch of people saying well i got a bunch of pills and yeah, yeah so it's it's a huge staggering frightening problem just to to back up a little bit used the word telemedicine earlier yes is that that's the name of this field? That is the sort of catch-all for yeah. And this this has to be a, a relatively new term. This it's been around for a little while, um, a little longer than you would think, mm-hmm. uh, because we've had phones for a while, and we've had people in remote areas who could use the help of a trained medical professional even over the phone. Oh, and in fact, even uh, mental health has been one of the leaders in the field of telemedicine because for quite a while now people have been able to reimburse a phone consult um via their insurance so so uh it, yeah it, it's a relatively it's an exploding field it, it's showing exponential growth right now but uh since we've had phones it's sort of just been it's been there and it's been sort of like showing this much growth which is a you know straight line um but now with all of these wonderful devices the internet of things you know wearables and all this sort of stuff we can start to do cool stuff with it just based on the the basics of this app that you've developed i feel like there would be benefits that i would reap from it even even though i'm i don't consider myself suicidal i've been in therapy for four years and i my i kind of a part of me perked up when you were talking about this psychologist that was the one that that pitched this this app to your lab but saying something that would help uh patients sort of manage their therapy by reminding them of what they've talked about previously in therapy and giving themselves sort of goals and, and focus and stuff. And, and I feel like even after four years of, of seeing a therapist weekly that I <laughs> am not getting better at it. Like I'm, 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 feeling like I'm not, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing less focused and effective work in therapy than I was. And I feel like a lot of it is that I feel kind of scattered and not focused. I end every session saying like, oh, well, we'll continue this next week. And then every week I show up and I go, well, I don't know what I want to talk about. I absolutely, I think that this is something that we can begin to start scaling to to everyone. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be suicidal. You can, you can be um, just in therapy where you're trying to learn to regulate your emotions better. This is, this app is really more of an emotion regulation app, but it's, it, it's being used currently um, for suicide prevention, but we're, we're looking to expand. But also the other thing I think that is a really important message, um, there's all of these wonderful like mindfulness meditation and emotion regulation apps that are out there um, that, again, they're, they're quite generic, but I think they're really great for people who are not in need of professional help. I think that, you know, just like we say to everyone, do 30 minutes of moderate intensity exercise per day, for optimal heart health mm-hmm. for optimal mental health practice 20 to 30 minutes of mindfulness meditation generic mindfulness meditation mm. per yeah. day to keep yourself <clears throat> in in a in a good place of course if you if if it's not working if you're you know terribly stressed and 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 the generic stuff isn't doing it for you go see a professional but i think everyone can benefit from these things and i think that those apps that are out there, they, they don't have zero value. They, they have value for people who 
are currently fortunately in a happy place mm-hmm. and want to stay there but <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> but for people who are who are seeing professionals <clears throat> you do need something that's guided by a professional until you can get to a good place and you you mentioned uh prior, prior to this recording you, you actually mentioned that it's that the app does the app have a name by the way yes uh, it's called wellpath wellpath yeah that's uh, a good name Oh, WellPath is good. Thank you. Uh, so WellPath just got approved for clinical trials. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, how? I mean, I mean, how how far are you into it? Like, you know, what what can you tell us? Like, you know, do, how large is the sample size? How long is the trial for? Um, are are there any things that you can't do as a you know because this, I mean, are there any other technologies like this that have ever gone through clinical trials before? Are you the first? We that's a lot. I'm sorry, that was a lot no, of questions. Lots there. of questions. <laughs> yeah, um, really exciting questions. So we we currently we just had two NIH grants funded. And what does that mean exactly? Uh, National Institutes of Health is okay. is is a big sort of government sponsored group that that funds uh, research. Okay. Um, we're really happy that these two grants get funded because they you, we've got you've got like a typically like a eight to 12% chance of getting a grant funded. So we, oh, were, wow. we were really happy to get a okay, couple, yeah. Congrats, a couple of wins in the column. Yeah, yeah. Um, and these two grants are, are targeted toward looking into the effectiveness of, the, of this app in two different populations um, uh, over the course of four to five years. So, wow. Okay. So they're, they're, like I said, we're, we're proceeding really carefully. Sure. They're long-term trials um, and we're hoping to... Probably between the two trials, we, we hope that up to about 120 people will use the app over a long period of time and uh-huh. we'll get some strong data to understand how they interact with the app and what they wish was different and, you know, if it's working and, sure. and so sure, on sure. and so forth. They're, they're going to be very, very controlled. They're, you know, really carefully constructed. We've got blinded people, um, you know, randomizing people into different groups. We've uh-huh. got assessment therapists who never never work out what group that the person's in, and, oh, and okay. so on and so okay. forth, so that they can't be biased. And you know, so we, we've we've really constructed the study to get a, a clear effect um, as to whether this app helps or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, in different populations, just acceptability. Like we've got elderly people using the app, and we want to make we want to know is this even a thing for for someone over seventy? Are they going to have their mental health app managed by an app? Like, is that realistic? Or will it be compromised by their own sort of fear of, of the technology? Exactly. Or, is yeah. this is this on a phone, on a tablet, on a computer? What? How is this? Uh, we're, how we're is this accessed? We're handing out tablets to everyone at. at what at kind present. of tablets are you handing out? Oh, these the iPads? <laughs> no, no. Um, the Amazon Kindles? They're, they're they're Samsungs, but they're not like Samsung exploding Samsungs. They're they're like. You know, oh, this, <laughs> the non-exploding Samsung? non-exploding Samsung. Okay, good. That's, that's, a, good that's as specific as I would like to get right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. Um, wow, that's that's really because I know because we've known each other for a little while, mm-hmm. and I think the last time we spoke, you were just applying to uh, uh, be accepted for clinical trials, yep. and you had just launched a, a crowdfunding program. Yep. Um, how did the crowdfunding work go, by the way? We, you, we didn't make it. You didn't make it at all? We didn't make it. We we did okay. We got to like $30,000. That's not bad. That's a good chunk unfortunately, you had to hit your target to get any right. of the money. No, that so, makes sense. Yeah. So we, uh, uh, yeah, I guess we overreached. We, we It was our first crowdfunding campaign. Uh-huh. That shit's hard. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> 
was like, I was like, oh yeah, you know, people people will like this. No, crowdfunding. That's that's you've now signed up for a second job. Yeah, essentially, absolutely. Is what you've done. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because you know uh, we had a couple of like really exciting peaks in the in the campaign. BuzzFeed picked up our. our oh yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, story. And it was funny because I was sitting in a, a research seminar and my my email just started going mental because I got notified every time someone donated. Oh, nice. And so in the, like as the story broke, we probably got like 500 donations of all like $2 here and $2 sure, sure, there. Sure, but sure, sure. Like it all adds 500 up. E- yeah, yeah, but 500 emails hitting your inbox is yeah. quite something in, uh, in the space of... 40 minutes. Uh-huh. So what's your biggest hope after this, this long study, this four or five year study? Like where, where do you see it like evolving to? And what's, I guess, what's your biggest fear? I mean, no, I mean, not, I mean, not that it would fail, but like, what, what do you hope to achieve that you're afraid is probably not going to happen? Yeah. So the, the, the dream sure. is that we, um, because this sort of thing is very um, difficult to regulate because we're, we're, Technology is well overtaking the FDA right now, in, 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 which is the regulatory body that handles all of these things. Right. And we are one of the few groups that is stepping out right in front of the train, as it were, and saying, this is going to be medicine. This is not, wow. yeah. you know, like where we're, when there's a lot of people that are trying to sort of skirt that issue and say, mm-hmm. oh, this is just a benign doodad that you can download to your phone like we're saying no this is medicine we're going to treat it like you're medicine. taking a stand absolutely yeah. Yeah. fda come over and, yeah. and look us over so over the course of the next two you know the next five years on these two grants what we want to do is we want to establish some efficacy and some safety record mm-hmm. for using this technology that allows the fda to say absolutely we're going to like license this and um, and now you can start distributing it to therapists. Right. The reason that's important is because in the earlier stages when we were speaking to therapists about this, we, we were actually talking to a large healthcare network that said, you, you know, your pilot data is pretty compelling and we, we think we'd like to use this. Um, and then we explained the process a little bit more and they said, oh, you mean the therapist has to sit in the session and enter things in on the app? And we're like, yeah, that, that's how it's personalized. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. how we make it personalized. They're like, oh, well, how long does that take? And we're like, well, we estimate it takes, it adds about five to seven minutes to a clinical encounter. And that was when they sort of drew back and they said, well, who pays for that five to seven minutes? Oh, dear. And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we, you know, it, it sounds like a terrible question, but it's actually a fair question. Sure, and, and sure. you know, especially when you're trying to run a healthcare network of that size. And so- that's where we said, okay, well, this is where we need to hit this head on. And we need to say, if we want therapists to use this, we need to, we need to be able to have them bill for using this. Right. Which um, means you need to be approved by the FDA, which means it's part of the medical process. It, wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and so we're going to do that because we think it's important. We, we, yeah. we believe it's important enough to, and we think that we can make an, an impact. Um, the, the biggest fear, of course, is always that it's just not going to work. Right. Um, we, right. We worry about that. And I mean, my go-to approach as a scientist is if it doesn't work, I'll change it and try and make it work again. You right. Know, like we right. progress, not perfection and all that sort of thing. It's sometimes stuff doesn't work. You you just got to get back on the horse and, and try again. Um, uh, is it, I mean, how common are um, emerging technologies being reviewed by the FDA? Uh, that's going on a lot right now. Yeah. Um, especially... Um, 
especially with the sort of you know in the last I don't know five years uh-huh. the the sort of commodity market you know like the, these electrical little devices it's enormous and everyone's trying to find a healthcare use for them so well the like, I mean like busy. like what like robotic arms or or like 3d printed casts like i mean is, yeah is, is all of that all, being reviewed all of that is being reviewed wow. um okay yeah so um 3d printing for medical technology that i mean we're, we're going beyond casts there's like implantable stuff now they're they're, they're printing like st- hip joints uh there is a company doing i met a company at a conference doing hip joints that wow um didn't get reviewed because uh, didn't get uh their approval just yet because they're joints kept snapping and yeah yeah. (laughs) that that might be a problem could be a problem right (laughs) uh have we have we gotten i mean is there anyone out there doing like like organ like actual organic tissue yeah there's at the same conference i met a couple of people doing um uh stents for the heart so they they print out these little like perfect replicas of your vessels and they Whoa. put them in as implants and they're FD, they're fda replicas out of what they do an mri scan of uh of your heart no no i mean but made out of what oh some sort of high grade plastic that oh, you're sure, allowed sure. to okay. you know sterilize and stick wow. in there um That's they're incredible. especially uh they're especially really handy for pediatrics because i didn't know this but basically if you are a kid and you have a heart problem because very few kids have heart problems. They don't have really a market for building these things for kids. So, so if you 3D use... printed one, you wouldn't need to keep them in inventory or anything. Oh, well, I mean, so it's not even, sometimes it's just, they try with kids to do one size fits all. It's like, we'll oh. get the smallest human size we have. <laughs> I will stick that in you because cross your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> for a child. Oh, jeez. So. Wow. Yeah. So now you've said that over the time that you've um, been running uh, Petrino Labs that you've obviously your your uh, research and development has diversified quite a bit since yeah. it's already even just with this shift to a focus on uh, mental health away from just uh, physical therapy. Um, has has WellPath has that now kind of eclipsed everything? Is that is that primary focus right now or are there other things that are also kind oh, of sharing the focus god no yeah no <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot there's obviously yeah. a lot Wellpath is not the yeah. that's not your flagship product or or what do you call them like your 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 ideas your, your projects your projects I guess, we, okay. I guess we say projects yeah. yeah no we i mean we have a million things going on um and and to be honest you know like uh dimitris who who's the psychologist who started it all by finding my office and talking to me i mean he's leading the research there like i I don't want to give any impression that i'm i'm doing all this stuff i help develop the technology i'm training people and using the technology i'm very excited about it all Mm -hmm. and i'm a strong advocate for it but when when it comes down to running the therapy sessions organizing all of the research he's it's going to be all in his domain and so yeah, we, we did a lot of preparation work and now we're, we're really looking forward to being able to step back from this and go, okay, fly my pretty, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> go, go and do good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, so we've got a ton of other projects that we're working on right now. We, we use a lot of... Um, a, a big part of what we do is assessment and then another big part of what we do is treatment. So we're using gaming technology like the Microsoft Connect 2 and the um, uh, Leap Motion Controller and things like that 
to track people's function. Um, and mm. so we, we've got stroke survivors, people with Parkinson's disease, elderly people who just fall over a lot, people with multiple sclerosis who want to track their function. And we, you know, get them and get them performing movements in front of this wonderful motion capture technology. And we find that we can stage their level of impairment much more accurately than, say, a neurologist can um, using typical clinical uh, scales. Wow. Now, I don't actually think that that's all that important to clinical medicine in, in terms of I think that the neurologists using the clinical scales are fine because it, it doesn't, our assessment doesn't really impact treatment right now. Mm-hmm. But for clinical trials where you're trying to work out if a new therapy might be like oh, useful I see. or not. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a metric, you, it's data you can look back on exactly. to see how it's working. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So then you have a much more accurate tool and we get really excited about that. Um, then we're trying to build uh, video games to treat people with motor disabilities following stroke and traumatic brain injury and spinal cord injury. Um, and that's a, a lot of fun. We've been making Wait, are these... you are you making the games or are you making the controllers for the games? Uh, we're making we're currently making the games. Um, wow. We're trying to establish relationships with better game makers than us. <laughs> uh, so that we Is can it, focus. So are what, you... what, are, what are the premises of these games? Because you're kind of laughing at them. Yeah, well, so they're really Is bad. Is it Pong? Are you making Pong? More or less, yeah. So uh, they're, they're really pretty bad. And, and it was funny because we were feeling pretty good. At, there was this one game in particular that uh, was for people, stroke survivors, and we, we had them... Uh, playing the game and and it uses the leap motion controller and it, it and it helps to train like a few movements of the forearm and the wrist that are really helpful for individuals who have suffered a stroke uh, and we got them playing the game and they loved it they were so excited about it and and they got better and you know like and and we actually we we got a bunch of media attention about it and got a bit of a buzz and we published and we were, we were very excited nice and we went and we uh we said well children with cerebral palsy which is basically the child equivalent of having a stroke in the womb you know sure. like that um they'll love this as well because it's a you know it's a game and we showed them the game and they just looked they shook their head children's <laughs> like children can be real jerks like <laughs> and they said horrible things about oh, no. that, you know they were just oh. like who told you this was a video game like, oh <laughs> kids are they are so technologically savvy and they oh. and they also tend to lack that inner editor that provides social grace nothing nothing oh yeah. my god that's perfect mm. can people outside of your uh tests play these games i mean they're currently uh hidden away but we can share them they're, <gasps> they're all open source yeah they're i'm i'm kind of dying to see these yeah. games actually you also are kind of like a child, and you have no inner editor. Yeah, that's so, true. So, so great. So, that's so, true. You're going to say terrible things to me. I don't. I, I do. I think you should just play Dragon Age for the 600th time, and maybe yeah. not. Maybe not pick on this guy's hard research. <laughs> I would say lovely things about it. Yeah, but you'd still qualify it. That's true. I would qualify. You're it. such a yeah. jerk. But, but you know, it was it was an interesting. Uh, what what was a really interesting thing that we found in this study was that. Um, because because they're video games and because um, of the way that we we designed the games, we were able to really quantify everything that people were doing. So it's not just like regular rehab where you sit down and you do a few movements and a board therapist is like, okay, yeah, you've done enough, you've done enough repetitions today. Um, 
the 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 machine knows exactly what you're doing and it and it quantifies what you're doing and it's like okay you've you've done this many things and this is how much in comparison to last week and this is how much movement you have and etc cetera, etc cetera. it gave us all these these parameters so in our clinical trial we tightly controlled intensity we said you know what everyone's going to sit down for 30 minutes and you're going to do this many repetitions and it's going to be at this percentage of your last you know last week's performance and so on and so forth and so we tightly controlled that so that no one was working harder than anyone else everyone's getting the same dose of therapy um and then we also just asked them subjectively we use the scale that is used widely about physical activity and we said how much did you enjoy playing the game and what we found was that in our cohort, the people who enjoyed it the most recovered the most, and the people who enjoyed it the least recovered the least. And oh. so in the, given the same dosage of therapy, if you enjoy your therapy more, you, you're going to do better. Um, huh. And it was really interesting, and it's something that... It's a finding that we're trying to sort of generalize to everything we do, including the mental health it, sure. stuff. It's like, let's make sure that these you know like let's make sure that everyone has a good relationship with their therapist it's not they're not just seeing a therapist because it's the only therapist available to them right they actually have a good rapport let's let's make sure that you know um everyone who's doing their exercise actually is having a good time that while they're doing their exercise and you know it's this it's one of these examples of science finding out something that everyone's known all along you know <laughs> what, the, 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 the uh, positive reinforcement of fun mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah that, that makes sense because I mean you know people say all the time when it comes to like weight loss or exercise that it really doesn't matter what you do as long as it's active and you enjoy it exactly you know whether it's yoga or running or what have you if it's something you actually enjoy doing tends, you'll, t- you'll stick with it which means you'll get the benefits longer, which means you'll actually get results. Whereas if you're showing up a couple times a week to see a physical therapist and they're like, all right, now do 10 of these motions with this right. hand and it just becomes sort of rote and boring and thing that you do because you have to, that right. it seems like mm. you are not going to reap benefits from it. Yeah. Yep. Basically, the two of us just reiterated everything you just said. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. Well, for ourselves. I, I, well, I, for one, am very, very happy that this... This and your lab and you, by extension, uh, are are working on this and really, you know, coming up with um, new ways to solve old problems. And and as as someone who I I, I like to sort of think of myself as technologically uh, uh, savvy, and so you know, all of this just kind of speaks to me on a level that you know probably my, it wouldn't have spoke to my father, right? You know, um, so I'm pretty excited. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, <laughs> just on a just on a personal note, because mm. um, Lugo's been talking about you for a while about about having you as, come on as a guest, because it seems like it's your work has sort of personal interest for both of us, but it seems like it would be very fascinating to a lot of our audience. But I am fascinated mm. how the two of you know one another. <laughs> I saw some videos that were posted online, right? Oh, that, you, okay. Do you want to feature your last? That? They feature your last name in the titles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I figured there's some sort of association that started there, but just no before then. Yeah, no, it was much before that. Yeah. yeah. It was um, story Collider, wasn't it? That's exactly what it was. It was Story yeah. Collider. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, basically, there, well, there's another podcast that, uh, dear listener, if you're not listening to, then. You should sort out your life because there's a another fantastic podcast and live show called The Story Collider. We will put it. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, and essentially, it's kind of like 
uh, The Moth or The Risk Podcast or um, any of these other really popular storytelling um, podcasts out on the internet. And uh, except that StoryClyre is science-based. And so what you'll do is you'll get a mix of actual scientists, actual sort of uh, science educators, and just normal schmoes like me that have an interesting tale to tell. You and mean storytellers. Schmo, storyteller, okay. potato, patata. <laughs> With fewer syllables. Uh, and David and I were uh, in the same show uh, for the Story Collider. I think the theme was actually mental health, wasn't it? Uh, brain, brain Awareness Week? Brain, brain awareness, awareness Week. Week. That's what it was, Brain yeah. Awareness Week. And I told the story about um, my time in a mental hospital. And I forget what, wait, what was yours? I told the story of um, when I was very young, I had a brain injury. And that's right. I told the story of sort of recovering from that. Brain yes. Injury. Yes, yes, so. yes. And then he's been stalking me ever since. Basically. <laughs> you know, like on yeah. the Internet. I, and... I liked the part where you were telling me the story. <laughs> I don't like the part where you, you started turning. How did that? How did you two meeting at, at this Brain Awareness Week storytelling show lead to you doing those videos? Oh, that's all him. Well, yeah. I mean, we were. um what we wanted to do was start collecting stories of for for Wellpath for the app. We wanted to start collecting stories of of people who had had some brush or another with suicide. And um, I remembered being incredibly moved by uh, Nelson's story. <laughs> it moved and entertained, um, which there should be a, a word for. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> If you know a word that encompasses both both moved and entertained, you send us an email at epicpodcast at gmail.com. That's epicpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, I, I reached out to Nelson. I was like, hey, you probably don't remember me, but um, we're doing this cool thing and we're interviewing people. And uh, yeah, we got Nelson came. He gave a great, uh, told a great tale bumped into an old friend while he was doing it that's right um, dr flux dr flux dr flux yeah dr. Flux. wow he and i were buddies uh really yeah oh my god small world yeah yeah uh yeah and i guess um ultimately i know those videos were for Wellpath, but like specifically what were they for were they just to raise awareness for um, or are they for the app so that people can watch other people's story? Like, what exactly well, is it? Why is it for Wellpath? Yeah, it started off. It it started off as um, we wanted to get content from people as, as we started to build a video for the um, experiment dot com campaign. Uh -huh. Actually, um, but then the fundraiser. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it was it was it started off for the fundraiser, but then we started putting these videos together and we were like these are really great videos and so what we want to do is we want to start releasing them as you know just just content because we think that people should hear these stories um and we think that people don't realize just the the shapes and sizes and numbers of people who have had interactions with uh with suicide and then as we started releasing them, I just started getting messages all over the place saying, you know, I actually shared one with you saying these, these make me feel more normal. Watching these oh, videos right. yeah, I remember. Yeah. make me feel like I'm not alone. They make me feel happier. They, you know, please keep doing what you're doing. And so ever since we've just been collecting stories from people about either their brush with suicide, their, their, 
experience with having lost a loved one to suicide all of these things that um we just think should get out there to sort of try and take the stigma off and get people talking where can people find the videos and find your uh lab uh <laughs> we have a we have a wonderful petrino lab youtube channel that has like five subscribers <laughs> i don't even know i don't know how to get subscribers neither know. do i well, buckle up because Not- you're about to have six <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, Wait, so is is it on your website or just on YouTube? Like it, it, it's on our, our our website is currently in flux because the institute want like the institute asked us to take our personal website down because they want to put up like a institute website and they don't want any oh sure 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 so we we've started a youtube channel we've got we've got an instagram we've got a twitter we've got a facebook page yeah, they're all facebook. called sure, sure. they're all called Petrino Lab. Um, and they're all we try and keep them entertaining yeah um I, yeah i'm i'm very entertained by them uh let me ask you this uh and, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here in just a sure, minute sure. but um the 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 clinical trials yeah. um are you are, are can people still sign up for those or do you have the people you need at this point they um they're less so basically we, we have um three clinics working on this uh-huh um, and so we're we're pulling in the the patients from from those clinics. Those clinics. I see. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Um, yeah, we're we're not quite there. So Schaefer can't sign up. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, not. No. I'm sorry, buddy. I tried. That was really nice of you. I tried. That's I did. the nicest thing you've done for me. He needs help. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, what's what's next for you? What's next? Yeah. Um. Yeah, what's well, the next big project? What's your what's well? Your... Either what's the next big project or what's the next step in this process? What is the next pressing thing? Um, so yeah, we we've got a couple of projects that I'm really excited about. the The building the robot thing is is has been a lot of fun, nice. and um, that's that's through an organization that I work with called Not Impossible. Um, they're they're this great group that I volunteer for. Uh, they give me my favorite title in the world when you're asking about titles that i'm their chief mad scientist <laughs> which nice. i mean that's like a thing when you're a kid and you're like and a teacher says what do you want to be when you grow up well i would like to be the mad scientist well you can't okay i would like to be the chief mad scientist <laughs> i'd like to be the one in charge that sounds amazing yes that is such an amazing title exactly and i i just get to do all sorts of very crazy stuff with them and we've done we've built eye tracking devices that have helped locked in people communicate um for a fraction of the cost of what's out there we've oh wow um we set up the world's first 3d printing clinic in the south sudan um wow and you can go online and watch these videos and they're you'll promise you'll cry and they're wonderful um (laughs) (laughs) we and so the next big project we worked on a vest that um helps deaf people experience music um (laughs) Is, that's so cool it's been really great wow. um and that's still going and and it's now we're, we're starting to get it into concerts and re- uh recently someone did an article about it because lady gaga let like a couple like 20 or 30 deaf people backstage to listen to her concert with her the vests on so that was like really cool so not impossible does a lot of awesome stuff and and i'm really proud to work with them but yeah the robotics project is all about creating a super low cost robot to help kids walk um and we've been working on it now we we set ourselves like a a, a time limit of like six months we were like in six months we'll have this done uh-huh. and everyone laughed at us and they were right to laugh because, <laughs> <laughs> because 
I think How long has it been? It's been a year and a half. Wow. Um, okay. A year and a half. We're going to have a robot done. That's not shabby. That's not um, bad. Not at all. And uh, in March, it's going to ship its way to the United States from, from the UK where we built it. Nice. And um, we start testing it in, in kids in March. So I'm. it's a lot of work That's but, to get to the finish line. But yeah, yeah. Really excited. That's for amazing. It. So I guess this is you know any any final uh, anything anything that you'd like to say to our audience any 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 uh, last words? Not really. I mean, that's excellent journalism. Just, yeah. Uh... yeah. Here the you know here yeah, that that's list. kind of a typical thing you do. Yeah. Anything you want to say to our audience? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to say anything to you, listener. He doesn't have to. He doesn't care. <laughs> Why? He's done. He? He's he's helping deaf people experience music. <laughs> What are you doing with your life? Why are you shouting at us? I don't know. I'm sorry. They're not here, you know. I know. I apologize. David Petrino, thank you so much for being with us on the program this month. Thank you. Once again, we would like to thank David Petrino for being our guest on the program this month. He's a great guy. He's a great guy and he's doing good things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really, really happy that I got to uh, to bring him in because I think he's doing really excellent work that a lot of people just need to know about every now and then you have a guest that reminds you that you haven't done anything of value with your life (laughs) and to be fair i think i could say that for every guest we've ever had yeah i was i was literally about to say the exact same thing Yeah, every time somebody comes in i'm like wow you do something with your time yeah it's interesting and you accomplish things with your time and talent. People appreciate it. It means something to them. Yeah, it's significant in a meaningful and impactful way. Well, I guess I'll just go masturbate and play video games I've already played before. Uh, so, yeah, please check out uh, David Pacino's website. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be up and running by the time this airs, but check out all the good work that he's doing. And uh, I don't know. There will be some sort of yeah. link in the show notes. Yeah, we'll yeah. Find whatever is available. I we'll want him. Him. I want him to start making battle bots. Imagine the battle bots he could make. Well, I'm sure, but battle bots are always disappointing because it's like a wedge on wheels. No, I know, but if he's making robots to like help people walk, imagine the bots that he could make to like break people's legs. Whoa, you're already affected by this new <laughs> commander in chief. He has this very benevolent technology application, and you are like, how can we weaponize it? Yeah, I know you like science fiction. Just keep reading comic books, and let's not ask David Petrino to stray from his noble path. To create weapons. (laughs) There's more money in weapons. I know, but it's at the cost of his soul. Didn't you learn anything from Tony Stark? True. True. All right. Uh, Let's get out of here. I don't have anything to plug except that uh, every Tuesday I am hosting... Uh, general trivia from Trivia NYC at Wolf Tone Pub in New York City. So if you've got a free Tuesday night at 7.30, hop on by for some fantastic Irish pub food, some great draft beers, and some fantastic rounds of general trivia with prizes. Excellent. Yeah. On Saturday, December 10th, I will be in Columbus, Ohio at the Woodlands Tavern as part of the huge, huge holiday show. That's huge as in the first syllable of Eugene, but not to be confused with Eugene, who is also Adam Warrock. (laughs) Thank you for the clarification. This is an annual event that happens in Columbus, Ohio around the holidays. It is a benefit show to benefit the faith mission of Columbus. Uh, It is a uh, homeless shelter. So you can bring your canned goods. You can bring clothing. It's only five bucks. 
Aww. There's a bunch of music. Um, there's some comedians. There'll be an opportunity to play some games. This whole show will be hosted by Phil Moore, Ooh. who was the host of 90s Nickelodeon game show Nick Arcade. Oh, wow. And your headlining act will be middle-aged rap guy from Queens, Schaefer the Dark Lord. <laughs> That's Saturday, December 10th in Columbus, Ohio. How, so, come, how come I don't get invited to do nerd things like you do? Um, I don't know. The way I would have worded that question is, why do I get asked to do nerd things like that? You're having a holiday show? Oh, it's around Christmas? It benefits the homeless? Yeah. It's an annual thing. It's kind of a tradition in your community and you're right. doing really good work. Yeah. Hmm. Who could we get to perform that show? Yeah. Um, is there some guy that talks about cocaine in his dick for an hour? <laughs> yeah, let's get him out here. Let's fly him out here. I'll bet he'll be real pleasant to be around the whole time. <laughs> he'll get on stage and sweat and point at us aggressively and then throw a pair of like disgusting black rubber gloves at us, sell his merchandise and skip out in the middle of the night. Uh, awesome. No, see, but seriously, I'm very uh, grateful that that the huge, huge holiday show have asked me out. And I'm really psyched to no, come back to Ohio. Like, no, it sounds like I a, love Columbus. Yeah, it sounds like a fantastic uh, show and an opportunity. If you're within like a bus or a train ride from Columbus, come see me. I'm, I'll play re- your requests. No, you won't. If they're already on the set list, I will. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Uh, I guess that's it. That's all I've got. All right. Well, good night, America. I hope you're happy. This has been the Epic Podcast, episode 49. I've been your host, Nelson Lugo. I have been your other host, Shape of the Dark Lord. Please be safe, Internet. Please, for the love of it, all that is good in this world, please be safe. Thank you for listening to the Epic Podcast. We'd love to listen to you, too. So send us your feedback, questions, love mail, hate mail, recipes, and fan fiction to epicpiecast at gmail.com. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and the Epic Podcast on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered.
Well, hello there, listener. So, one week after we recorded this episode, Lugo and I went to the movies, where we filed this field report. So here we are at the end of uh, the podcast, and we did a thing. We saw Doctor Strange. We saw Doctor Strange. Uh, how you want to do this? Three word, four word? It was word? pretty good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.